Hey everybody, welcome back to the next cast. I'm your host Matt. And I'm Tyler. I always start the podcast right while he takes a drink. It's awesome. I'm really mm-hmm. good at timing, guys. Really yeah, good. Anyway, this is the Linux cast. We talk about Linuxy things. I don't know if you can tell that by the title. I know I always start off this podcast like, why would you come listen to a podcast that's about Linux, but you didn't know it was about Linux? If you just stumbled here, don't know really what know what Linux is, welcome anyways. You're gonna have some fun if you stick around. We're gonna talk about nerdy things. Um, you probably won't understand Plenty. half the words we say, but that's okay. We're, we're, we will still have fun. We will still entertain you, and that is our purpose here today. We're going to have some really good times. So, Actually, uh, hold on. I, I do have to go ahead and say this to like extend on to what you're saying. Actually, if you're new to Linux and this is your first time like coming to the podcast, it's probably actually the best one because like, we are going to be doing a Q&A, so like, you could just ask. You yeah. know, like, if you don't understand anything, we could explain extra things. So, like, kind of perfect. Don't try to get me to explain what, like, Gen 2, how to, how to install Gen 2, because I can't, I don't know how to install Gen 2. Um, so, uh, and, and if your question is, when are you going to try Linux from scratch? The answer is never. <laughs> Come on, man. You need to learn everything that there is to know about SysV in it. It's just... You're not you're I, not truly living until you know way too much about an init system that you don't ever plan on using. I know plenty about SysV init other than I mean I know that I've used it before. I've never you know compiled it before. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. All right. Anyways, enough about that. So every week we start out the the show asking a simple question. Tyler, what have you been up to in floss related stuff this week? No, 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 hold um, on a second, hold on a second. I hear from a, a little bird that you've a, you're have you actually using Linux this week? What now? Mm-hmm. The Windows fanboy, yep. Bill Gates oh, baby... Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> ...is actually using <laughs> GNU slash Linux? What is this? Uh, actually, I've recently taken a call on GNU plus Linux. Um, I actually... <laughs> Uh, also find it quite offensive that this podcast gets uploaded to a platform that is not um, completely licensed under the GPL, but it's it's okay. Uh, the licensing of the videos, I'll let it slide and let this get posted. I won't. I'll I'll just let it slide. But um, yeah, actually, I am using Linux now. Um, Bill Gates kind of pissed me off. Um, you know. He, his man boobs just started getting to so me. You're, so. so you're having some daddy issues is what you're saying? <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Um, I've always had them, but they've just gotten a lot worse recently. So I've moved on over to my old love, Fedora. Um, I've I, I really started liking it around 30. Like 36 was like when I really started liking Fedora. Um, but I didn't like stick with it for too long. Um I did end up getting my my grandmother on her laptop. I switched it over. I can't remember what she was running before, but I switched her over to Fedora. Um, she loves it. Um, my mom's computer now runs Fedora. Uh, my sister will most likely be getting Fedora put on her computer the next time I have to work on it. Um, and I'm running it now, and it's fantastic. It's It's really, really, really nice. Like really nice um 
I, I was I've just been running it mostly vanilla, like GNOME, just the way it comes. Uh, I've done I think I installed the dash to dock extension and made sure that the dark theme was in the legacy applications. And that's about it. Like I really haven't done much. Um, I've been getting work done. Like I've been doing a little on and off game development and I played like eight and a half hours worth of Daisy last night. And it was awesome. No problems whatsoever. Just like it, it, it would be on win, uh, windows. So yeah, the gaming's great. Like the workflow is good. Gnome is fantastic. Like Gnome stock vanilla Gnome is finally to a point where I'm like, I could really use this and not have an issue with it at all. So yeah, that's that's my week. My whole family is now on Fedora. Yeah, Art Center actually brings up this funny because they just made that announcement where they're killing. GPU acceleration in the next version of Fedora. So, yeah. What? Yeah, they're killing. Remo- they're removing an API which allowed you to use H.264 and H.265 as GPU accelerated. Um, and because, oh, that's in th- that's in OBS though. Like, no, that's right? in the Fedora VA API. That's in Fedora system wide. No, I, no, I know, I, I know. Like w- w- what I'm saying is, like, their Fedora is removing the VA API. That's like you typically use that for video encoding in OBS. OBS and, and like Caden that. Live and a whole bunch of other places, yeah. Um, well, Caden Live already, like Caden Live, ne- I've, I've almost never set up Caden Live to use my GPU because it like never works right. Yeah. So, like, um. Any, yeah. Anyways, they just removed that and um, it caused a little bit of a brouhaha. We'll, I will see how much of an impact it actually has on people. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm sticking with yeah. Fedora for now, so. Oh, I'm gonna stick with it. I'll let you guys like I'll 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 be honest and let it and let anybody know if it causes an issue or if I ever even notice it. I'm taking. I have a feeling I will. I'm taking bets on over or under on when Tyler Dister hops next time. Uh, so. I don't know why you always bet. Like it's always it's always not the same amount of time, but it's always not long. Like it's never, it's never a long time, but it's like, you can't guess exactly when it's going to be. Tyler, you're my friend, you're my bud, but you have a reputation. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. For uh, being a bit of a distro hopper. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, just for the record, it was, I'm pretty sure like Tuesday or Wednesday, no, it was like Tuesday we were chatting in uh, Discord, and you told me you were installing Debian. So <laughs> yeah, that, well, that was... before I installed Fedora, I tried. I, I, I guess I could have said that because that's something I did this week in Linux. Before I went to Fedora, I was going to try Debian um, again because I've I've tried in the past, and like Debian's one where sometimes it doesn't work right for me, buddy. Shush. Sometimes it doesn't work for me, but then. When it does work, it's really nice. So I was going to try it out. It didn't end up working right. It was having a lot of issues. Um, I think it was around like the kernel. Like so there was some issue I was having like with a kernel or something. Hmm. Um, but uh, since it didn't work out, I tried Gentoo too. I was going to do a custom kernel with Gentoo and just see if I could get my own custom kernel booting, which I've, I've gotten it to happen once. Um, I didn't stick with it, but I've gotten it to happen once. So I was trying it again. It didn't work. So I ended up on Fedora, and I'm liking it. 
Well, you, you guys can put your bets in in the chat on when he decides he's going to switch to the next distro or back to Windows. Um, I would love, I would love it if he proves me wrong. It'd be so cool because I love Fedora too, and I want you to be a, a Fedora fanboy as well. But um, I'm very, you know. Well, also, what makes it really hard for me to like leave Fedora now is every single person in my family. Uh, is running fedora or is very open to me installing fedora on their computer so like it 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 will make like just working on all the different computers in the house like much easier because they're just all fedora machines Mm. so uh i don't know i'm i might end up sticking with it because it's it's really nice that'd be cool all right so moving on to uh me uh, so I've done a couple things this week. The one thing that I've been working on, and this is something that I've been promising for literal ever, like months and months. I've been working on my ButterFS video, and I'm still not there. Like, I'm still getting my head around it. And the thing is, like, so I've been discovering some things. So Fedora does ButterFS really weird. Like, it has different a different sub-volume layout than almost any other distro. And it causes some issues. So, like, time shift out of the box just will not work for me. I don't know if it's just me or if it's just the way that Fedora sets up their sub-volumes or their way they lay out the drives. Um, but I couldn't get it to even read my main NVMe as actually using ButterFS. Um, so I've been messing around with that for a little while, trying to figure out how Fedora is different than, like, Arch using, zi- uh, you know, zi- uh, not Zipper, um... God, I can never zap. I can never remember what that thing. I know it's called with a Z. I'm completely, you know, going blank on that. But anyways, the the when I used it on Arch, it was a completely different setup than with the way it is on Fedora. So that video has kind of been back and forth in my mind the last week because I've been trying to f- understand it and doing some research on it. So that has been progressing. Um. The other thing that I've been messing around with is I've been doing a, or I'm working on a comparison video between LibreOffice and OnlyOffice. And I have to say this, like, I've always had this preconceived notion that OnlyOffice is completely proprietary, but it's actually not. Ah, Snapper, that's the word. I don't know why I always want to call it Zipper. Um, Yeah, I... Dude, I was trying to I was trying to figure out what what in the hell you meant to say because like I was like Zipper, I was like he's talking about on Arch. I'm like hold on, give me a second. He's talking about ButterFS. Like I was trying so hard and I couldn't come up. I don't with what know why Z- Zipper's the package manager for OpenSUSE. I don't know why I wanted to. It, I, my brain works in weird ways, guys. Don't try to figure it out. It'll just hurt. Okay. Um. <laughs> and and any, anyways. I've been messing around with open office, only office, and like I said, I always, I've always thought that it was a closed source application, but it's actually open source, and it's actually kind of nice. It if you like Microsoft Word, it looks almost exactly the same, only works better in some ways. Like it has tabs, like you could open up a a, 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 like a Word doc or like a word processing document and a spreadsheet all in the same window. It's kind of nice. So, um. That is interesting. So uh, I've been playing around with that video as well. Hopefully that that may be out tomorrow. I'm almost done with it. So anyways, uh, Nate has a super chat. Thank you for the super chat. Hey, Matt and Tyler, love the content. I'm already supporting DT and can't afford to support others. But I can donate a little. Question, what 
app packaging do you think might win in the future? Obviously, it's going to be .exe packages. I'm just... <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> no, nah, bro. Uh, nah, bro. It's snaps. Like, let's just... Obviously. Snaps is just... They're so good. They're so... <laughs> Oh, like, <laughs> there's nothing better than just canonical. Like, just yeah, there's nothing. Long. I thought you were, you were going. There's nothing better than a cold snap in the morning. <laughs> uh, anyways, Nate, we will answer your question once we get to the question and answer session. We'll, we'll answer it seriously. Then we don't we'll just make fun of it. Yeah. Then. Um, but also, I, I will say, hey, thank you, Nate. Thank you. It, it does mean a lot. We don't see Snapchats very often, so we, we do appreciate it. We're, we usually don't know what to do with them for because they, they, they pop up like, oh, wait a minute, what are we supposed to read these things? Or I mean, <laughs> we don't we don't know what to do. We're we're very new YouTubers. Well, I, I mean, Tyler's not a YouTuber anymore at all because you have to make. Yeah, I've just checked out. You have to make videos, and I I am seriously an asshole. <laughs> no, you've just been extreme. Like you have the the reason it's okay is because you have a lot of room to talk because you've been on top of your video like sketch like your video like schedule is really good three like days off this hardly whole, three days yeah. off this month is, is yeah like you are extremely consistent you like most people wouldn't have any room to talk because like maybe you put out one video a week like you're you're almost an everyday andy like that's i don't that's know good I don't know where I come up with the ideas, so uh, eventually I'm just waiting for my my brain to just completely drop. There are days where I was like, God, what do I want to make a video on? Um, and those are usually the days where I decide I'm going to bitch about something. You can tell the days where I don't really have a good video idea. Those are the days that I decide I'm going to rant about something because it's easy for me to come up with something that I, you know, I'm very cynical about or I hate or I want to just rail upon. Um, so. Yeah, you can you can tell, and there's usually about five of those videos a week. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and also the like the great part too is like the, those kind of videos is is what you'll normally do like when you don't have a pre-planned video idea, and surprisingly, those kinds of videos typically get better engagement because there's nothing that makes somebody want to talk more than being pissed off. Oh, I know. So, <laughs> it's great. What was the what, uh, what was the video that I did a couple days ago that really pissed people off? There was some there was something about it. There was uh, I can't Oh, I I know which one you're talking about. I can't remember the title though. Um of course oh, YouTube I still want to find it. YouTube doesn't want to load any of the, in any of my content, which is awesome. Um YouTube is utter yeah. garbage by the way. Um actually yeah, before we started the live stream like nobody in the live stream who's watching now or afterwards will know this but before we went live i was actually talking about how youtube's recommends for me make me genuinely worry about youtube's opinion of me as a person like they recommend stuff to me where i'm like really that's what that's what you think i need to watch right now yeah their their recommends there are really bad so um anyways Let's go ahead and move on to the the main topic, or not the main topic, man. It's like I've never done a podcast before. That's not what's next. I, <laughs> I'm really bad at this. <laughs> um, my brain's just all over the place today. I don't know what is the problem. It's just really weird. Anyways, contact oh, information. Here. Contact information. You can contact us. There are ways of getting a hold of me and Tyler. 
um, usually we'll even respond. So like if you send us an email, email at linuxcast.org, I will get that email and usually I'll respond to you sometime within the next six months. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I was doing a little iffy sign here. <laughs> If the response time is a six months, then no, yeah, you'll get a response. It's usually faster than that. I was just being funny, but uh, there have been instances where I've gotten emails, and I was like, you know, I was like, I'll save that email and we'll respond to it on the show. Um, but then, you know, we don't because yeah, things you know. happen. <laughs> uh, so I eventually do then do respond. But anyways, email at the linuxcast.org is the email at, uh, address. You can uh, find all of our Twitter, Mastodon, Odyssey, all those things Things uh, link to at the linuxcast.org slash contact. Uh, speaking of the linuxcast.org, there you'll find all of the most recent episodes and along with all the episodes that we've ever done except for the first three. Episodes one, two, and three have uh, are in the Disney vault. You'll eventually get them uh, when Bambi shows up. <laughs> I did find them, by the way. I found one, two, and three. Oh, you did? Yeah, they're on my hard drive. I have access to them. Eventually, I will release them as like golden versions on a <laughs> or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I found them. Oh yeah, yeah. We could definitely do that. Like, like you could release them as like special editions. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I found those. I didn't listen to them. I guarantee they're horrible. Um, so, uh, Ricky and I, who's Ricky's helped me start the podcast. We, he and I have been podcasting together since 2009. We do a, a movie podcast together along with our friend Vince. Uh, so we knew how to podcast, but we didn't know anything about Linux. Um, he knew more than I did. Um, but that was like right after, like literally right as I was switching to Linux full time. And I, I'm positive I was still trying to use apt on, like, Arch or something. <laughs> okay. I, wa I really want to hear these. <laughs> they were bad. Um, I, like I said, I haven't listened to I'm sure that they are just full of very, very wrong information. So we still give wrong information on the podcast. It's just... Now we're it's informed wrong for information. <laughs> like we now yeah. now we we know just enough to be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, that's linuxcast.org. All of the stuff that you'll want to find there. You can support me on Patreon at patreon.com/linuxcast. Tyler is on YouTube. I don't know why I bother giving out this link because he doesn't make YouTube content anymore because he's too busy playing Daisy and killing zombies. Um, priorities man okay he, he's saving us from the zombie apocalypse you guys should be just freaking thankful okay um <laughs> anyways uh youtube.com slash zany og he's also on uh odyssey and discord and um that's pretty much it you're, you're like he doesn't do twitter or any of that stuff so uh, and all those links will be at the linuxcast.org slash contact you can subscribe to linuxcast at youtube.com slash linuxcast thanks to everybody who does so uh, you guys are all amazing and just awesome people. So thank you for subscribing. If you haven't subscribed yet, hit that button because seriously, what the hell are you waiting for? You will not find better Linux content on the internet anywhere except for every other YouTube channel. Uh, but it's still really good. <laughs> Anyways, moving Moving that is probably on. the most realistic sell for this podcast <laughs> I've ever heard. It's so good. It's really good, but it's not as good as everybody else. It's all right. Anyway, so uh, chat. You're up. We need questions and answers. Well, uh, yes, ask away. You guys have questions. We have answers. Maybe we'll have questions. You guys have answers. Um, and maybe our answers will be right. All right. So um, let's go ahead and move back up. Let's see if I can find Nate's question. He gets to go first. So uh, what app packaging uh, method do you think might win in the future? Tyler, do you think there's going to be a winner 
Um, no. I don't think there's going to be a winner, but I... Well, it depends. Like, if your definition of winning is, like, one's more popular than the others, then yes, like, there will be a winner. But, like, not like one's going to, like, annihilate the others and then, like, just flat packs. Like, if it's app images, then the other two just, like, fucking disappear. Like, no. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But, um, yeah, I do think there's going to be a winner, and I think it's pretty obvious that it's most likely going to be flat packs. Mm-hmm. Like it's just most likely going to be, um, but to extend off of this, cause I, cause I'm, I know for a fact that neither one of us think that snaps are going to be the one to like actually win and become like very, very popular or closer to a standard. Um, cause Brad actually asked in chat, feelings about canonical aside, is there any technical disadvantages to snaps or is the shade based entirely around canonical versus any technical merit? So to like extend off this question, for one, I think there is going to be a winner. And then also to answer Brad's question, I think the reason snap is probably not going to be the like winner is not just because of like, canonicals um like control over it or technic like it's technically not as great as other ones like slower or whatever i think it's mainly just going to be because of the way canonical did snaps out of the gate like a lot of people don't understand this like technical merit doesn't actually mean as much as marketing in a lot of cases and snaps has fucking atrocious marketing out of the gate, almost everyone hated it because, like, you didn't actually know if it was, like, is it actually open source or is it proprietary? Like, like there, there was so much confusion over Snaps when it first came out. And then also Snaps out of the gate were extremely slow. They're um, still slow, the, okay? They're still slow, but, like, they were way worse yeah. when it first came out. Like, <laughs> way fucking worse. Um, so, to be honest, like, I, I think Snaps, like... I don't think there's nearly as much of a technical disadvantage nowadays with snaps, but canonical would have to spend a lot of money and a lot of PR effort getting people to start thinking about snaps in a different way than they have been. And okay. for me, I think that's why flat packs are probably going to win because we'll get into app images here in a second. A couple, a couple things. So first of all, to answer the Nate's question, I'm with you. I don't think there's going to be a winner. When it comes to Linux and open source stuff, you things just stay around even if nobody uses them. So, um, like, app images are never going to be very popular. Um, they have a very fervent and very vocal uh, user base, but there's, like, 12 of them. Okay? And I'm talking about people. <laughs> there's, like, 12 people that use app images, and they're very, very loud, and they're, they're very, very enthusiastic about app images. The rest... Uh, uh, people don't really care, don't use it, or maybe they just use one or two or whatever because they have to. Um, so I things just kind of stay around. So these are the three package formats. Eventually we'll have three more package formats because that's what open source developers do. Um, they realize something doesn't quite work the way they want it to do, so they create something new. Um, that's just that's, there's a reason why we have uh, you know 400 distros, you know. That's the reason why we have that many. So that that's the answer to that question. To to 
comment on what you said about snaps. First of all, snaps are still slow, uh, and the re they are finally fixing them, but it took them releasing the Firefox as a snap in order for them to do it. Up until they released Firefox as a snap, Canonical basically said, uh, snaps are fine. Don't worry about it. That slowness is just yep. in your head. You know what I mean? They ha that's the reason why snaps has have such a bad reputation, because Canonical did not give a crap about how slow they were. Up until they released the most popular Linux browser as a snap, and people were, people started actually using snaps and realizing this is a snap problem. And you need to fix this because it takes a minute to load, you know, yeah. <laughs> like if it, yeah. it just like this is not good. So that once people started using a, an actual snap and realizing that they had problems like, like a mainstream, then they started fixing it and realized, oh, well, maybe this is a problem. You know, that's the reason why snaps have had such a hard time, you know, like reputation is because Canonical ignored the problem for years. But the thing about snaps is the snaps are not a consumer product. They were never meant to be a consumer product. No. They were started out as an enterprise thing, and it ha snaps have significant enterprise advantages from being able to be easily rolled out amongst multiple clients and uh, easy management and update for all of those clients and all this stuff that just is significantly better than anything else because it was designed for enterprise. And enterprise users, they don't really care how slow they are as long as they're secure, as long as the IT department can easily update them and manage those things. Those things are the things that matter the most. Um, they were brought to the consumer market simply because, um, you know, they wanted a you know a package format that would compete with flat, flat pack and um, would get rid of the PPA problem. So that, that's the thing. Which, with honestly, I, I think me and you could. I mean, I don't. Let me know if you disagree with this. I'm going to assume you you agree with this. I think like that whole statement that you just made is like the biggest issue that people have with Canonical nowadays. Period. Is everything they do is focused on enterprise, and the consumer market is just like it's like they're completely oblivious to what they're doing there. It's like they're just like, oh yeah, that's right. You guys have computers at home. Oh, cool. oh, right. There is something called the Ubuntu desktop. I didn't even realize that yeah. still existed. Um, yeah, yeah we, we forgot we even had that project. <laughs> like, 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 like there's 12 people sitting in a room somewhere. That's the desktop team. And um, <laughs> they, they, they get paid every once in a while. Maybe if they remember to set up the paychecks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just, <laughs> your payroll doesn't forget them oh, like and obviously i mean they're, they're in the worst part of the building the bathroom has never been cleaned you know it's just uh everything's falling apart they're still developing on old gateway computers from the early 2000s you know <laughs> so i mean that that's that's the ubuntu desktop they've completely they completely lost interest in it and it's blatantly obvious um, and that's one of the reasons why I kept recommending Fedora is because Fedora shows interest in developing the Linux desktop, you know, whereas Canonical and yeah. Ubuntu really doesn't. All right. Uh, moving on to the next question, JJ says uh, or has asked, what's easier, free office software? What's the easiest free office software to use, LibreOffice, OnlyOffice, or OpenOffice? So uh, OpenOffice is basically LibreOffice. It still does exist, but technically only gets two updates like a year or something like that. So it's uh, I wouldn't suggest open open office uh, i've always used LibreOffice as my office suite of choice um but if you are coming from microsoft word and you need great office uh microsoft office support only office is probably the best one 
not only does it look almost precisely like Microsoft Office, but it has very good like uh, DocX support. So um, that that'd be my answer. Um, the only thing I'll say though is like is like if you don't really like if if you don't have a ton of stuff that you're already doing in like Microsoft like Word or like I guess don't they have like 365 like Docs or something like that like. It's the same Office app, but online. Whatever. If you're already working with, like, the Microsoft suite, like, LibreOffice is not a problem. Like, it, it it's not like you're going to run into issues. It's just more different than, like, it's more different than Office, and the compatibility is not as widespread. So, like, for most people, like, if you're doing very light Office work, LibreOffice is plenty fine and um i don't like if you're concerned about like what office suite to give to somebody who's not very technically savvy almost any of them work um my grandmother it took me like 10 or 15 minutes to tell her like because there's only like a few different buttons and stuff that she needs to know where are and everything so it took me about 15 minutes to let her know so i mean most of them are fine you shouldn't have an issue JJ also asks, is AppImage like a Docker container? I don't know enough about Docker to answer about the similarities, but I don't think that they have that much in common, to be honest with you. Yeah. AppImages are much, much closer or similar to the way Mac, like Mac uh, OS's uh, .dmgs are, Mm -hmm. like the way that you install their apps, um, because they're they're just the executable – and then you drag that into your applications folder. And then Mac, like on Mac, you just open like from the applications folder and it opens that binary. It's pretty much the same way. Like you can pretty much think of app images like EXEs on Windows. Like if you if that's where you started out on computing, like think of it like an EXE, but without the installer. So like there's no installing it. You just have the app and you yeah. just open. We'll talk. We'll talk about more about app images and stuff here in a few minutes. Uh, Nate uh, has a follow up to his question. The reason why I asked is because it looks like uh, Valve is going to be supporting Flatpaks. Um, yeah, I think that's the reason why we we both agree that Flatpaks is kind of be like give me the most popular one. But I don't think. I think the answer of whether or not there's going to be a winner remains. It's like there's. I mean, technically, we'll have a most popular one. So, for example, when it comes to like init systems, like. Let's just gloss over the fact that systemd is not an init system. It's a suite of stuff that happens to include an init system. But systemd has one, quote-unquote, one. But that doesn't mean that there aren't other, other init systems. There's sysv init, there's run it, there's openrc. Those things still exist, um, even though they're very, very rare. Most people don't use them. Most people don't know what they are. Um, but well, most people don't know what systemd is either. So I guess it doesn't really matter. So it's a bad comp, you know, uh, thing. But the, the point is, is that um, we may have something that's the most popular, that's used vastly by the vast majority of people, but that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be alternatives. Snaps is going to live. So I was thinking about this earlier when when you first asked the asked the question. Snaps are like cockroaches; they're not going to die. Um, Canonical will be sticking with Snaps probably forever because first of all, Canonical is very very stubborn when it comes to that kind of stuff. But also, the, 
From what I can tell, Canonical does not see snaps as a failure simply because they're not widely used. They never created them for being... Uh, yes, technically you can install snaps on any distro, but that wasn't why they were created. They were created for use on Ubuntu, and as long as they're happy with them, they're going to continue to use them. Uh, and again, they're enterprise products, and as long as they're successful in the enterprise, that's all Ubuntu and Canonical care about. So, um, And that means snaps were developed for Ubuntu server not desktop. Yeah. So like if you're if you're trying to run it on desktop and having issues, I highly doubt Canonical gives a shit. Like it's just like sorry brother, that sucks. But you know, I mean that's also why they didn't think speed was an issue. Eh, it's all good. Yeah, um, I mean that and I mean also when I mean if you work in a like a, a cubicle, you're probably only using the same like four apps like all day long. So when you open up them, open them up in the morning, um, you just leave them open forever. Like you open up a browser, you open up your spreadsheet thing, whatever, and you're done. You know, you don't have to worry about closing and open them, closing them, open them. Um, most people aren't like me. Like I leave my browser open all the damn time. So, but most people close and turn their computers off when they leave. Um, so and um so i think username zero said uh have you tried ubuntu unity beta yet uh i try i don't know if i tried tried the beta but i've tried it recently it's okay um the unity beta yeah there's a unity remix that uses unity as the desktop environment it's created by isn't isn't that by the like the fourteen year old kid. It is, yeah. It's going to become an okay. it's, it's going to be an official Ubuntu flavor with twenty two dot ten. Really? Yeah. Um, uh, also, that guy's going to be fourteen years old for fucking ever. By the way, we we yeah. we just know him as the fourteen year old genius that creates all yeah. the great Ubuntu stuff. Uh, even when he's like twenty seven, he's still going to be fourteen because that's all we're going to remember him as is the fourteen year old Ubuntu kid. Um, yeah. Well, well, I mean, the like the Unity Ubuntu like distro like that he's made. Like the first time I checked it out, like there's issues with it, but I couldn't believe that it was it like not only actually existed, but like it booted. It mostly worked. Like there was very like I had very few bugs with it. Like. That's wild. I'm all down for that. I, I won't ever use it. I don't want to use the Unity desktop as like my daily driver. But I think the fact that it still exists and I can go still play around with a refreshed version of Unity is pretty dope. It's, That's pretty awesome. From my brief time using it, granted I only used it in a VM because I could not get it to install on hardware, mainly because my, the hard drive that I was trying to install it on was a dud. Um, but uh, the brief time that I spent with it, it was really good. But it was nostalgic good. It was like using Windows 98 for a little while. Like, yeah, oh, I remember this. This is good. I'm going to play some DOS games or something like that. And then um, you realize you're just using something that's kind of old. And uh, if, if it kind of feels like Mate. You know what I mean? Like, Mate never, hasn't changed forever. Like, yeah, it has some refreshed technologies and stuff like that. It's based on more modern technology. But it still looks like GNOME 2 did 15 years ago. Um it's kind of the same way with with Unity. If you liked Unity when Unity was around, you'll like the Unity Remix. If you don't, if you don't know what Unity is or you've never used it, uh, <laughs> may, it's hard to recommend. I mean, maybe you'll like it, but you'll probably be better off with just regular Ubuntu. the 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 best part of Unity always was the thing that I always called the hub, even though I'm pretty sure I was called the HUD. 
I'm not actually sure which it's actually called now. I've completely messed that word up in my brain somewhere. It's like the, the wires just aren't properly wired there, so I don't remember what it's actually called. But the thing that you can press the meta key or whatever it is to drop down and you can search through everything. That's really cool, but it's not anything you can't. But I think people like it because of the way it's designed, not necessarily because of what it does. Because you can search through pretty much anything um, on any distro. Like you can bring up KRunner if you were in KDE, the applications menu in gnome searches through at least applications i don't think it does like i think it doesn't do like documents stuff like the hud does but uh, in kde you can uh, do that uh if there's going to be a standard linux distro for oems pre-installed what do you think is best also should flat packs be the focus for software centers uh holy shit that's probably that's probably the best question we've been asked yet like if there's going to be a standard distro that like gets widely installed on like Dell, Lenovo, like laptops and stuff. Which distro would it be? Okay, so my aunt, uh, so I have two ants, two possible question, two possible answers for this question. The first qu- answer off the top of my head would be Pop OS, simply because it's already designed by a hardware manufacturer, so they're already designing stuff that goes along with it, things like being able to control and update the firmware and things like that. Um, so they know what's going into their operating system is for actual hardware and it could be easily, uh, transitioned to other manufacturers. In fact, we've already seen it with the HP, um, God, I'm having the hardest fucking time with names today. I don't even know what your name is anymore. Omen? Um, is that what you're No, for? no, it, there, there's a, okay. there's a Linux based HP laptop, oh. um, that I can't remember, but anyways, I, I had just heard that HP came out with a new Omen computer or something like that. So I was like, is that the one that you um, But, but anyways, the, they come up with a HP laptop. It runs pop OS. Um, they didn't choose Ubuntu. They chose pop OS. And I think the reason why is because they have these extra tools that is, makes it easier to control like the firmware and stuff like that, which is nice. Um, so pop OS was my first thing. My second, uh, uh answer to that question was, is Fedora. Now let's ignore some of the the video shenanigans that they've pulled in the last couple of days um, and assume that that works out just fine. Uh, I do think that Fedora works really, really well for a lot of people. And um, I don't know if that's just my bias because I'm a Fedora fanboy now. HP Dev 1, that's what it was. Um, I knew it was from HP. You guys should be really happy that I knew something about it. Um, I mean, you can't give me like partial credit here. Um, anyways, uh, I... I, I think that fedora would be a good option i don't know if it would remain a good good option because the thing i think that you and i forget sometimes uh because we have really good experiences with fedora a lot and especially me um fedora is meant to be an experimental dish distro for red hat um so eventually right now it works really good but eventually those guys are going to come up with some off-the-wall technology that they're going to need to test and they're going to test it in fedora and it's going to ruin everything um and I'm going to be very sad when that happens, but that's the way what Fedora is really meant to be. It's supposed to be a very far upstream version of Red Hat where they test new technologies. They've done it before. Pipewire, you know, um, Wayland, all those things came to Fedora first. And when they first came to Fedora, they were terrible. Um, Eventually, um, they got really good, but it took a while. So, um, I don't know. Uh, Some people are going to say Mint to answer this question. I don't, I don't, I'm not a Mint guy, so... 
Well, I don't know. Like I, I think, I think those three there are the real contenders. Um, I want to, I want to agree with you and say like Pop OS is probably the best one, but the thing that keeps me from doing that and makes me want to lean more towards Fedora or Mint, um, probably Mint for stability and like wide, um, if we're being honest, Cinnamon Linux Mint probably for most people is going to be the most familiar like mm-hmm. experience. Um, but Pop OS has a theme that you're either going to love or you're going to fucking hate. True. And if we're being completely honest, I know people make purchasing decisions based off of the look of like distros and what, and I'm sorry, I said purchasing, but I I should have like said decision, like you not purchase, but get like you pick based off of like aesthetics. I, I, we all know this is a thing. When you first start out on Linux, you pick the desktop environment that looks the best to you. Like you think looks the best because even though you can change desktop environments and change the theme and everything, Typically, when you're first getting started or like you're not really in, interested in ricing and customizing and stuff, you just want the thing that looks good from the get-go and you're just going to stick with it. And I, like, I really like Pop! OS's theme, but I know for a fact it's extremely divisive. You're, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. So, Yeah, um... There's another option here that we didn't. We there's a distro out there that nobody talks about. It's called Zorin. Um, no, no. The thing is, is that it is pretty though. You know, it looks very nice. So I don't, I don't know that a lot. It appeals to everybody because there's not one that's well, going to appeal for everybody. But it just uses GNOME and it's just Ubuntu. You know, but well, yeah, like that. That's the problem with Zorin. It's like it, it's not really a problem, but. As far as I know, from everything that I've heard about Zorin OS, is like, I, again, this is all me completely speculating. This could be completely bullshit. I am just repeating things that I have heard on the internet. And let me say this again people lie on the internet. Keep that in mind. Okay. But from everything that I've heard, my Zorin's trust in the dev is, team is a. My, wait, my trust in the internet has now been shattered just because of what you just said. Obviously, I trusted everything. Good. 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 <laughs> uh, so Zorin OS's dev team is a little questionable. Like from everything that I've heard, they're like they they've just had some shady things happen. Like and not a lot, but just a few different shady things. And I've never done like a lot of research into Zorin, but I know it, it's not very um, unique I... compared to a lot of other distros. Right, so they like, they've done a lot of work to make. Gnome very usable and very customizable, and they've done it, done it in such a way that it makes Gnome look very unique, even though if it's just Gnome. I think the reason why Zorn gets painted with a shade of shady is that they are very much a distribution that wants to make money, and they very much push off a professional version of their distribution, and it includes like support and extra applications that are installed. And in the open source community, when you are a money first distro, similar to elementary OS, you get the reputation of not being free 
You know what I mean? When you're not absolutely free, you get painted with a reputation of not being very good. Now, obviously, I don't think that that's fair, but it is definitely something that is true when a distribution has a professional version of their ISO. People start thinking of Windows um, because, you know, if you have different SKUs and one of them is that you have to have like a license for, it doesn't feel very open source. You know what I mean? Uh, for a lot of people, but there's also uh, the big problem of like you're paying for support, yeah. and that's like that's a big thing with Zorin. And, and all right, if I'm gonna choose a distro, and and I w- I want the option to be able to pay for support, so if anything happens, I've got someone to talk to and walk me through the issues that I'm having. If if Zorin OS is doing that, that's fine. But the problem is they're competing with Red Hat. Yeah. Like from a the thing from is, a consumer though, it, perspective, it, it, why? it's no, it's different because you can, you you as a person can't go to Red Hat and buy support. Okay, I mean maybe that's not even true. You probably could, but it'd be it'd be enterprise support, right? They'd be thinking of you as an enterprise person because Red Hat is an enterprise person. The oh, Zorn true. guys yeah. are providing support for consumers. It's consumers first only, and that could. It's good, but people don't pay for support. Okay, out of the box. Not from an unknown company. Not that they're just going to for the first time. Especially when it comes to Linux. People aren't... People don't pay for Linux up front for the first time. Okay? So, maybe after you've used something for a long time, you'll just say, hey, you know, I really like this thing, I'm going to support it, or I want this extra support, or whatever it happens to be. But right up front, you're going to use the free version. And that's the, you know, it's just the way things go. Um, and you have to get, the whole thing is like, people, and I, I mean, maybe if you're Microsoft, you have more success at this because you're, you know, you're a big company. But if you went to, Zorn's a very small company and they want to give you support, but you're getting support from the operating system vendor, not the like if, if if they were providing support like System76 for example they provide support for their hardware it also includes support for Pop OS you know what I mean it's kind of like thing you expect to get support when you buy a piece of hardware you nobody really thinks about the support that comes with their operating system it's very it's very different right so anyways we we have got to stop unfortunately with the question and answer so thanks if you guys like the question and answer thing let us know we'll continue to do them every other episode or so um so it, it, sh- it should be fun. But we do need to move on to the main topic. We've been going for 48 minutes. We have not even got there yet. So uh, uh, we've touched on it. We just haven't actually technically started. So the question that we're posing today is why do people love app images so much? And the, the genesis of this question came from a Twitter thread that I started from a tweet. First of all, I don't know if you guys know this, but I have almost 2,000 followers on Twitter, which is and, – and that doesn't sound like a lot. I mean, I'm not, not Mr. Beast or anything, but people interact – like, my stuff is seen by some people, which is just really weird to me. <laughs> it's just really weird. But anyways, I tweeted out, if your app only releases as an app image, I'm not going to use it, or if it, I, to, to some extent – to some variation of that. And – uh, that tweet 
like got 150 to 200 likes and got retweeted all the time. Brody did a video on that tweet, which is really weird. Um, so, and, and, and of course it got responded to by the, uh, maintainer or creator of app images. So we've had, we had a really interesting conversation there, which we're never going to agree on, by the way. He's obviously an app image guy. I'm obviously not an app image guy. So, Tyler, first of all, before we jump into the meat of the conversation, what are your opinions on AppImage? Um, I, I want AppImages to be great, but they're not. And um, it's looking like AppImage has just, like, completely missed the mark. Um Really, all all we need, like for app, like, here's my opinion on app images. If app images wants to be the best packaging format, period, all they fucking have to do is make it actually work like Max DMGs work. There should be a specified folder, directory, whatever on the system that I take my app images and I chuck them in that bitch, and I can add it to my path or whatever, and like. Just have an easy, simplified system of setting, like installing app, like a, a package, something that sets up the system for app images. And then I just, in, I download my app images. I do just like I would do on like a Mac where I, well, not exactly the same thing. I don't open up it and then drag it over. I just slap it in that folder and bada bing, bada boom. Everything works there. I can just load up my app image like it was any other app. It'd be great, but that I don't think is going to happen. I genuinely don't. I don't think it's something that is technologically not possible or difficult, but I don't see it happening. So for me, that's why app images I don't think are going to go all that great. Um, they could be amazing. Yeah. Okay. Not. I think I agree with you. Um, app images had the potential if they came out of the of the gate as fully developed, um, it would have been good. If the the problem, all right. So, and this is this is the main problem with app images is that people want to install their applications, and by install, I'm not talking about technologically like have tie-ins with all the system functions and all this stuff. I don't care about that. When I say install, what I mean is have in the system menu. Um, they want to, yeah. they want to launch everyone. And, and I, I'm generalizing here, but 99% of people, when they launch an application, launch it from a menu of some kind. If you're in a window manager, you're using D menu or Rofi or something like that. If you're in KDE, you're going to use the menu that comes with KDE. If you're in GNOME, you're using the, the applications menu. However you do, whatever menu you use, you use a menu. Okay. The vast majority of people. There's going to be the nerd in the chat that says, well, I, I launch all my applications from the terminal. Go back to Alacrity and leave us alone. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you, it's just, we understand you. We're, we're, we're comrades, you and I, but the vast majority of people do not launch their applications from the terminal. And similarly, the vast majority of people do not want to have to open up a file manager Double click on an icon to launch their applications because that's not where applications go. Now, there's going to be the app image guys out there. Well, Matt, you can put them in the, the menu system. You just have to do this, this, and this. Um, no, no. Just 
just make a pack. Like, here's here's a wild fucking idea. How about App Image just make a package that does that shit automatically? Wow. That's crazy. Why not, like, as part of the App Image, just put a script at the front of it or whatever. When you double-click on it, it installs moves it to wherever it needs to be in order to be in the menu. That's all. That's literally... 90% of my problem with app, app images. There's an updating issue, like, because the way that app images work in order to get the new version, you have to download the, another app image to replace it, and then you have two app images then of the same program, one old, one new. Um, now, again, there are solutions for that problem. Like, they have an app image updater. It will update the app's image for you. And they have App Image Launcher, like Springle says in the chat. I don't care, <laughs> okay? Because first of all, App Images are at least five years old, okay? App Image Launcher is like a year and a half old at this point, maybe two years, mm -hmm. something like that. So that means there was a good period of time where App Images existed before App Image Launcher existed, and the vast majority of people who still use App Images still launch things from the file manager. Um and I, well, but see the the main problem too is is like we're talking about all of these separate different pieces like so you've got app images but then you you need to get a separate program or something like that so that you can actually I don't know fucking manage your app images mm -hmm. like a normal human like just bring it all together um, I can't remember who said uh, Springles said it goes back to the old phrase do it right the first time or don't do it all and like sprinkles high five brother fuck yeah yeah it's, it's do it right exactly right the th so i i know i come across as severely anti-app image and that's mostly because i am i, I, I yes i know that there are these tools but when i download an application to use on my system I want to be able to use it. I don't want to also have to have tool, tool two, two, three, and four uh, in order to actually manage that thing. Um, and now the people will say, "Well, Matt, you need Flatpak in order to manage packages from FlatHub. You need SnapD in order to manage snaps." So there, every packaging system has an extra tool that's used to manage them, and that's absolutely true. But I hate to break this to you, people. But you can't install a FlatHub package without Flatpak on your computer. That's a prerequisite. You have to have that first. So if there was a, if App Image Store or App Image Launcher or whatever was a dependency for App Images, you have to have that on your system to use App Images. It makes sense to me because that's the way packages package management systems work. In order to install something from the AUR, you have to have an AUR helper or Pac-Man or something. You know, you have to, in order to install stuff from uh, the Ubuntu repositories, you have to have apt or a package manager of some yeah. kind. You know what I mean? There ha there are you're, everyone's right when they argue. Well, you yeah you you complain about these tools that you have to have, but the thing is is that with app images. You have to – you get these applications after you've already have the package. You know what I mean? And they don't feel like dependencies, and it feels – and because that's true, it feels like extra steps. You know what I mean? It, it feels like yeah. something else you have to install. Now, granted, you only have to do it once, but still, it just it, – it feels like – in that Twitter thread that I was, I was a part of, they may the, the maintainer of 
or the creator of app images said, well, you know, you just have to do this. You have to install app image launch. You have to install app image update, or you have to do all these. Like that. Just make the app images do that automatically. Yeah. Like that's not the God. way people want to use applications. They don't want to have to install tools after the fact to get to a point where the package that they downloaded has been maintained. And that's the reason why a lot of people still, including the, uh, developer of app image still launch everything from the file manager and that that's my biggest thing about it is that no one launches applications from the file manager it's just i i the or it just gets tedious even if you're even if you're okay with doing it and you've signed up like this is how i'm launching applications now we're doing it we're, we're doing it from the file browser all the time you can do that it's totally fine. It just gets tedious after a while. Right. Like, and also, like, what we're talking about, like, th this is why app images, at, like, actually will get me, like, a little, like, not a lot, but a little upset, is because they're so close to being perfect. Like, absolutely perfect. And the things that hold them back are not tech like technological feats that need to be accomplished they're basic like quality of life features that you would assume most people would want and they're just not there yeah at all and and, and the rec and the the solution that's given is just install five different programs and manage it in yeah. this different way. And it's just, come on, well, dude, like have the app image do it. Even if, let's just say, even if it was okay to have all of your applications in a folder in a, in a file manager, let's just say it's okay. The, you, they're not executable by default. So you have to make them executable. That means by one by... One, so let's just say you have 10 of them. Each of them has to be made executable. Now, if you are a terminal ninja, it's really easy to make them all executable at the same time. If you're using it from the file manager, it's not as easy. You have to do it one by one by one, uh, at least as far as I know on every turn, every file manager that I know of. Um, so that's another added, that's another blockade to people actually using it. Now, one thing that was said to me is that app images were not created for new users. These were never meant to be for people who are new to Linux. Um, that may be true, and that's okay. Uh, oh, okay, hold on. I'll, I'll respond to that, but I'll let you finish. Like, I think that like not everything has to be new user friendly. Um, Python for like like anything any any coding language is not necessarily new user friendly if you've never coded before. You know what I mean? If you have no idea what a class or an array is. Uh, you're not going to be able to do anything in a coding language without you know, significant research, right? And you know, it's just it's not that new user friendly. Maybe maybe if you've done some coding before, then you know you have some background information. It's you know, but it not everything that is on Linux has to be new user friendly, and that's like that's fine. But I don't think that this is any user friendly. You know what I mean? It's just if yeah. it, it's there are too many barriers, but also the one that I keep coming back to is I have, let's just say I have 500 apps on my computer. Most of them I'm, I don't ever use, but I, you know, I, let's just say I have that number. Every single one of them is launchable from Rofi or D menu or the menu in my desktop environment. 
Every single one of them, except for one. Um, that one is in my file manager, somewhere in my downloads folder, along with 700 other things that I've downloaded off the internet. You know? Um, I don't know about y'all, but my downloads folder looks like a freaking uh, 14-year-old's bedroom. You know? It has t stuff in, in there from 2014. <laughs> you know, there's stuff in there from crazy long time because my home directory comes with me from distro to distro, from di place to place, and my downloads folder just stays the same. It just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing, and I'm sure there are app images in there that I have no clue actually exist. Like the, it, it be, it's like the the room of lost treasure from National, you know, the first National Treasure movie. You know, it's just it, it, there's stuff in there that you could splunk and find for ages, right? That's the biggest problem I have is that it's in that folder and I'm supposed to remember that it exists and that's where I have to go to find it, the exact name of the file that it is. I have to go find that thing, then launch it from there, and then I use it for my one time and then I completely forget that it's there forevermore until I someday decide I'm going to do a screen cleaning. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, it's not the pro – it doesn't feel like the proper – now. Some of that is my... No, see, here's the thing. It's tedious for everyone. It, it, it's tedious for new users. It's tedious for people who know what you're doing. It's just all around tedious. And it could be made way easier. Yeah. And it should be. And, like, I, I think the biggest thing... Because, like, I do, I do have to go ahead and address the thing you said about app images is not technically made for new users. Um, if that is true, that's stupid. Like actually stupid because it is a packaging format that is perfect for for ease of use i agree like it's it is a perfect like you don't have to install it you just you get something and it runs the only thing that it needs to be perfect and absolutely undeniably the best packaging format is just have it where every single app image when it's packaged when you download an app image and run it for the first time or whatever like every time you run the app image it does a check to make sure a certain directory exists so that it can put itself in there make sure it makes it so that that direct directory is where like everything can run just do all the setup for for app images down the line every time you open them up. And so every time you open a, an app image, it does that check and yeah. does all the stuff. Just make it do that. I mean, I can, and it's fucking perfect. I can, it's the best. I can understand why they don't do it that way, but there's another way that they could have done it. Well, wait, hold on. Why wouldn't you do it that way? Well, I mean, because all app images aren't created by the same person. So that they they can't actually may have a standard uh, like checker like you know what I mean you'd you'd have to have some kind of enforcement level that says every app image should do this and developers aren't always necessarily great for following the rules so you know you may have the vast majority of app images that do this just fine it's kind of like having screenshots in a app store you know a, a lot of developers will do perfectly fine putting screenshots and their description in an app store. Then you have that one douchebag who just throws their application in the app store, no screenshots, no description, you know what I mean? Um, so you're going to have some app well, images that just won't have the stuff that you're talking about at the beginning. I, I, 
I, I, I don't think it's I don't think it would be impossible for them to make it a standard in the app image like format. Like I, like I, the actual format itself. May, like app images themselves. Maybe at the beginning. Now that's not a that's not an option. Um, because I, I I don't know I think they could well no I mean like too too many app images exist that every person who has ever maintained an app image would have to go back and put the new stuff in their app image in the, into a new version. Um, but there's another way. Um, instead of worrying about changing app images at all, instead work with the distros or the desktop environments. There's only two of them that you really need to matter about. Okay, just. I'm I'm sorry, Mate and XFCE guys, but you maybe you can implement this later on. But work with GNOME and KDE so that their menu systems recognize a folder somewhere, okay? Um, whether it's the application folder. I mean, seriously, App Image Launcher creates an application folder in the home directory when when you create it. It, it creates the folder. What we're, we're, we're talking about, like, all you have to do is have the menu systems in GNOME and KDE recognize that folder, whether it's being put in the path or however they do it. Um, and then tell users, put your stuff in that folder. It's done. The, the, the application will show up in the menu system. You're, you're done. Move on. Job done. That's all they have to do. Now it would take obviously some effort. But see, my thing is, is like, we're still pushing off work onto other devs or, well, I, I understand, users. I understand, but it's 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 one time work, and um, I mean, and you have to remember both KDE and GNOME are open source, so the developers behind AppImage could do the work and just push it towards the say here we've in we've done the work. Fuck, All you have point. to do is good push point. it in. It's done. You know, we'll even yeah. maintain it. You know, what I mean, <laughs> we'll we'll, yeah. we'll maintain the code, make sure it continues to work. You know, it'd be done. It'd be good. And App, App Images was then launched just like any other application. They'd have all the benefits of App Images. So before we move on, um, I'm sorry, I, I can't sway them. I'm not sure what you mean, dude. The, the title, Why Do People Love App Images So Much, is kind of what we're talking about. We're disagreeing with them and why they love it. So I'm not sure why. Um, what, what's your problem with the title is. But thanks for the super chat. Um, so... If they fix these problems, like Tyler said, app images are really good, or they have the potential to be really good, and because their premise of just being able to launch the thing is really good. That's there's a reason why macOS does it that way, that where you just put things in the application folder and it's in the application menu and it works really well. You don't have to wait for a wizard or something to install, you know, because people who use Windows hate wizards installation wizards it's horrible and half the time in windows you have to restart stuff at least it's not at least it's not that bad in linux where you have to restart your system in order to get things to work but you know the idea behind having to install stuff is kind of a pain in the butt for a lot of people they don't want to have to wait for things to compile and stuff like that um so the, the idea there is good the execution so far has not been good and the thing is is here's the thing um, and Brody said this in his video, app images seem like they were created for the use case of the developer. He likes launching things from the file manager. So that's way, way, way it was designed. 
and uh, that's fine. It was if if it was never meant for anybody else, that's good. And and if it had just remained a really small project, which it still is a fairly small project, but if it just remained a really small user base, we wouldn't even be talking about this because who cares? But there is a a fairly small number of app image users out there that are very very vocal about their support for app images. They really, really like it, and they will fight to the death over this packaging format. And that's the reason why we're talking about it, because there are those people who are very interested in this format. And what I, what we wanted to talk about today was why people love it when they have all of these issues that really do... I, I think that these problems that we've been talking about really do affect a lot of people. You know... And maybe, maybe the, I mean, like, I've used app images before. Obviously, I have them in my do, my, my downloads folder. Um, and that's where they remain, right? And it just, it feels like the, it feels like a one-use app. You know what I mean? You download it because you need something yeah. to do one time. You download it, you click on it, you use it, and then you never use it again. And the developers of that app are probably pretty would probably be pretty sad about that because they developed the app that they want you to use over and over again and you just downloaded it and used it that one time. Even if it's something that was actually like meant to like a, like for example, pCloud is the service that I use to back up a lot of my stuff, right? Only available via a, a P, uh, a, an app image unless you go splunking for an RPM package. It's not great because when I was using just the app image before I found the RPM package, every time I opened up my computer, I'd have to open up a file browser, go click on that so that it was running in the background so it would automatically do my backups. And that's not a good experience whatsoever. Um, now, granted, that was before app image launcher and all this stuff. So don't at me about that. Oh, you could do it better now. I know, that was a couple of years ago. But the the point is, it's, it still remains. That's still the way... Uh, a lot of people still have to launch stuff if they are just most people aren't going to download if, if you're if you just have one app image you're not going to go through and download, download three applications to manage that one app image now if you are going exactly. to, if, if you're not yeah. if you're not going to dedicate yourself to the app image format if, if you, you want to download everything as app image then it makes sense to go ahead get app image launcher and app image updater you can do that uh, if you're just going to use the if you just need one package it doesn't make sense to get three more just to be able to run it. Um, so, I don't know. And um, uh, I'll go ahead spring sprinkles or sprinkles uh, said, my question is, if it ends up becoming so user-friendly, what's the point in it existing? It would basically be flat pack or would have the same capability. And like, that's a good question. My answer to that is going to be, um, and no, it still has a really good reason for existing, and it also has a really good reason for being more user-friendly. Um, look, if people can like just download an app image and then have it set up to where from then on every app image that you download and run, it gets put in a specific place, go, that's awesome because app images are by default much easier to hop into than Flatpak because Flatpak you got to make sure that you got Flatpak installed and then if you want to install a Flatpak or like set it up from a, a, a terminal it's 
a lot more difficult because you got to have like the com dot name and bs so it's just it, it would be easier than Flatpak to like manage um and so yeah I, I think it would still have a reason to exist and i think it would benefit greatly plus it, uh, plus app images have significant advantages over flat packs and that they're transferable you can take your flat pack from one computer to another you if you have them all in one folder and you you back up that folder and then move to another computer or another disk or whatever they all just work you just go in there and click on them and it has you know the the the, the application there you know so that transferability is really nice it's not something that you have you get with app images because app images you have to install you know, you have to go to a terminal, or you have to go to a software store, and you have to download those. Um, with app images, they're just there. You just transfer the folder over, you have the application, it's done. Uh, another thing, app images include all the dependencies, and flat packs do as well for the most part. Um, for the most. Part. But it's not always true. A lot of times, you download a flat pack, and you, like for example, I can't remember what I was downloading the other day. Um, oh, I was downloading that um, the 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 news, the RSS feed reader that I looked at in the other day in a video, you download that, it has three other things that it downloads. So that downloaded four flat packs when I was only downloading one because it had dependencies, it had GNOME dependencies. So app images don't do that. They include everything right in the package. Our part, point today was not to bash app images, even though it probably came across that way. But I think both you and I agree, app images have potential to be really good. Their method they have overwhelming potential. Their method that's the problem. Their method of user interaction is where we have a problem because yeah, it's just it, it it's not well done. Okay, let's let's just end there. It's not well done, and it could be it could be better in any number of ways. There's any number of ways to solve this. There's your way of making every app image uh, basically check for the dependencies that it has, like the app image launcher and stuff. Or again, you could work with the, you could work with the DE, the desktop uh, environment maintainers, and get it so that an application is recognized if it's in a certain folder. Um, that'd be, I mean, I I really do think that that is the best solution. Just have a folder on your computer. It can be right in the home directory. I don't care. I mean, I really don't want you to mess around with my home directory, but I'll live with it. Snap does it, and people put up with snaps having a, a folder in the home directory all the time so why not have images you know put everything in this one folder it shows up in the menu it's done like you fixed the problem um now the the the, pro the, the problem is is they don't think it's a problem like right? they, they think it's perfectly fine to launch from the, the file manager uh and that's fine if that's the way they want to do it that's fine that's but that's the reason why i don't like app images and why i'll continue to use flat packs as my package manager so I'm with you. Alright. Uh, we've been going now for an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> uh, so uh not a record, by the way. Not a oh before we move on, damn. Josh. In your voice. Oh, that's in right. your voice. So uh we have a third podcast host that shows up when he can. Um, but he had thoughts on app images, so Tyler's going to read out um in in his best voice. Yes. Uh, Josh's thoughts on app images. Take it away. And today's sponsor is Josh, the backseat host, checking in. Um, he is just our our awesome 
regular, uh, well, semi-regular. Okay, sometimes regular host. He, he's been here um, once. After the, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. He's got to stop working. He's got to, he's got to quit his job and come do this. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, a, a, as soon as we start making enough money for that to be viable, so essentially here in about ten years, he'll he'll be joining the team full time. Right. But so our sponsor had this to say: app images are all right for the old school business model of downloading a paid for binary off of the internet they're basically the best option other than a deb or rpm file however this does not mean that they're bet they're the best option for an end user the biggest oh hold on the biggest uh advantage advantage of the app image format has compared has compared to snaps and even flat packs is that app images support a manual upgrade process how the, is this an advantage? Well, that means you can find a version of Caden Live that works for you and stay on that one version of Caden Live. The trade-off is, of course, that that same upgrade process, of course, is kind of tedious. However, the App Image API does account for this, as evidenced by Bitwarden, which will prompt uh, to update. Plus, the third-party tooling around App Image is far and away better handled than Flatpak and Snap. Personally, I do use App Images. Uh, again, this is Josh, um, our today's sponsor. Um, uh, I, however, I do wish the spec handled dropping a desktop file in, you know, dot local share applications, and not to have uh, use a tool like App Image Launcher, which has a system D requirement, which we didn't even talk about that when we were talking about App Image Launcher earlier, mm -hmm. um, or a script to do it. Uh, that said, I do actually have uh, an app image that contains ST and Firefox because sometimes things do break. And I even have a proprietary binary I package myself as an app image, so I don't have to use a Ubuntu Docker on my desktop. That said, app images handle system theming, accessibility, features much better than Flatpak and Snaps, but that's because app image didn't take a secure by default approach like its uh, competitors have. Also, Matt, for the record, this is not a Gentoo install stream. However, I think that's fine as I've slowly and steadily be, been entering the void. Um, I didn't even read that so, last sentence. I didn't know it was there until you read it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So uh, that that is uh, this podcast sponsor um, who is not giving us nearly enough money for the sponsorship spot, but it's okay. We'll work out a, a pricing agreement later on. Oh. But um, yeah, uh, Josh going into void. I find that interesting. Josh distro hops more than you do. So I'm not worried about it. He'll be back in gentle. Gen well, the problem is, is the last thing that my discord needs is more void gang members. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We have plenty of drive-by void shootings all the time. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about in my Discord, randomly, sometimes, a group of like 15 to 20 people will just come through and be like, yo, I use void. Like, you should use void. Like, essentially threatening people into using void, and then they bounce. Um, it's pretty nice. We we call it the void gang. They come by from time to time. All right. Thank you, 
uh, Tyler, for that message from Josh. Uh, that last line is just, I mean, pure. I mean, that's 100% Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, moving on to the last section of the show. that We call this the thingy of the week. Now, uh, we could call this any other things, apps of the week, picks of the week, uh, whatever. But we chose creatively to call this the thingy of the week. So, Tyler, uh, what is your thingy of the week? Mine is really simple, WebCourt. Um, if you're using Wayland and you want to do, like, screen sharing and stuff with uh, Discord, or you just like want a more secure and better Discord client, um, WebCourt is fucking awesome. Um, they use a better um, implementation of Electron than the actual Discord app does. Um, it's technically just the the actual like web client, uh, but it, it it like it's really good like it is really really good it performs better than discord has ever performed ever i than i've ever used it screen sharing works on wayland um there's privacy improvements like they like quite a bit um because it's also the, just the web client as far as i know you could theme the shit out of this and not have to worry about getting like banned or like whatever, like yeeted and deleted off of Discord. So yeah, WebCourt is really awesome. I will have to give that a look. So mine's actually something kind of similar. Um, mine is Ferdium. Now Ferdy was around for a long time, but it, the the developer went off to into weird land and stopped developing it. Mm -hmm. um, but there's an open source uh, like continuation of it called Ferdium. And if you haven't ever heard of it, it's basically a electron wrapper around a whole bunch of different social clients. So there are tons of different apps you can put in there along with custom apps you can put in there. So like I have Ubuntu Studio in there, but you can also do things like TweetDeck, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Facebook Messenger, just a ton of different, different applications. And they're all like in one place. And it's really nice. It has integrated like dark themes and and notifications and things like that and if you use multiple different social media networks like i happen to do like i also have mastodon in there and stuff like that it's nice to have them all in just one place using one notification system and it just works really really well um i have noticed that it's been very crashy in this last release so i don't know if that's just something that ha is happening on the flatpak version or what but uh for the most part it has been very very steady um, and very good. So that's Ferdium. All the, the links and the names of this stuff that we talk about will be in the show notes, which you'll find a link to in the video description or in the podcast description if you're listening to the audio version. Of course, this podcast is available on YouTube at youtube.com slash Linuxcast, but it's also available in audio form on pretty much any podcast catcher that you can think of. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Pocket Cast, all those things. Uh, you can also go to uh, the uh, website, thelinuxcast.org, and find all of this stuff there. Uh, any episode you want to go listen to, you can do so there. You can also find, eventually, an R there is an RSS feed of the podcast. All you have to do is click on the uh, one of the icons there at the top. That's where the RSS feed is for the podcast. The RSS feed for the blog post is at the bottom of the, the website. So, um, all that stuff is there. The Linux uh, is where you want to go for that. Uh, 
thank before we head on out of here i have no clue what we're talking about next week we'll choose that later um but i should take a moment to thank my current patrons so patreon.com slash linuxcast thanks to everybody who does support me on patreon and youtube you guys are all absolutely amazing people uh it just astonishes me all the time that you guys support me so thank you so much for your support it's just amazing so thank you uh thanks to everyone who, who left the super chat as well um i know we still get very um frazzled when a super chat comes in because it's just so rare it's like a Yep. Spotting a wet yeti. So thank you for the, the super chats as well. Thanks everybody for support. Thanks everybody for watching. Oh, before we go, we record this live every Friday around three o'clock p.m. Eastern time. So if you want to catch this a, a live version, make sure you hit the subscribe button because uh, you get that notification and we'll we'll have some fun. Uh, anyways, thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye guys.